Welcome to our podcast, The Bravuras, whose main purpose is to celebrate the lives of people who are doing an amazing job in the fields of performing arts so that young people can get inspired and realize their full potential. I'm truly excited for today's episode because today we have the pride of Austin, Mika Marcos, who would be starting this podcast with his hit single on Spotify called Trace. Over to you. Awesome, awesome. All right, here we go. Trace a little outline of your face in the foggy little space that I've resonate at the corner store up from your place. Too soon. It seems like yesterday was June. Where does time go? Makes me wonder. The hair is shorter, mine is longer. Well, that's a clue. Time flies by with you. I swear the minutes turn to hours in your room. I want to kiss you a thousand times before the sunshine switches places with the moon. The moon. We waste so many seconds of the day disagreeing on the movies we'll watch, even though we won't be watching anyway. Believe I'd rather stay with you than leave. But money doesn't grow on trees. If it did, but to oak the art for you and me. So talking in the fall, we're singing sappy songs, breaking leaves, the piles past our knees. Fill up pots and pans and a couple garbage cans. Free up the winter and the summer and the spring. Time flies by with you. I swear the minutes turn to hours in your room. I want to kiss you a thousand times before the sunshine switches places with the moon. Doesn't matter if it snows, if it sleets, or if it rains, if it's hot or if it's cold. I'ma love you just the same. If you're near, if you're far, halfway to Timbuktu, I wanna spend a lot of my time loving on you. Time flies by with you. I swear the minutes turn to hours in your room. I wanna kiss you a thousand times before the sunshine switches places with the moon. Oh, time flies by with you. I swear the minutes turn to hours in your room. I want to kiss you a thousand times before the sunshine switches places with the moon. Woo, that was amazing, man. It's really it's great so to hear you live. Yeah. And I just want to tell you that I've been listening to your Spotify playlist, take it from I Want It All Is True to New Shirt to this song, Trace. I mean, the <laughs> authenticity in your voice. It's so amazing. It feels as if I'm sitting on a beach somewhere in Hawaii or Spain with that <laughs> cocktail in my hand with those little umbrellas on them and listening to some music. I mean, you well, create that vibe. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to create some happiness in everybody, and uh, I'm glad that's what it's doing. Just a little piece of just vacation somewhere. That's all my voice is doing. <laughs> yeah, true. I've been really enjoying it. And secondly, you just shifted to a new apartment. How's things going? Well, I have a couch. 
have that much at least, but uh, <laughs> I'm building it piece by piece. A lot of stuff's getting ordered, so like it's in the it's taking a while, but it's it's been it's nice. It's nice to have a, a brand new place and um, yeah. So far, so. I actually saw your post on Instagram where you posted a short video of you singing there, and I don't know the inside and outs of that apartment, but the acoustics are really good. Yeah, it actually turned out pretty well. I like it. A good <laughs> echo in there. Yeah, true. And during these times, I mean, I can see some really great artistic talent on your Instagram account. You created that oil painting and people actually started bidding on it. That was a great time. I actually ended up shipping that to someone in Canada and I'm just, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> How much it sold for? <laughs> it sold for $33, which I didn't even think it would sell for $5. So that's pretty funny to me. <laughs> and I actually went a free t-shirt as well because it just started to to make people like a friendly little competition. And uh, yeah, gets people through the quarantine and all that's going on. Just a little bit of joy. Just trying to do little things is all I'm about. So Truly. I mean, that's really great. And I believe that now we can expect both a new song and an updated version of Mona Lisa from you. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And also, I've been seeing on your Instagram account, you've started doing stunts on your bike. I mean, they were oh, yeah, pretty cool. Be, that's pretty fun. I'm, my, my shins and my knees don't appreciate it from all the scrapes on it, but <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I saw you putting ice pack on your foot. Is that fine now? <laughs> <laughs> it's still a little sore, but uh, it's, uh, it's getting better. It's just, oh. I've been falling less. So that's yeah. how it gets better, through falling less. <laughs> I mean, all your fans would like to kiss your foot better. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, watching, listening to all your songs and watching your videos on YouTube. And I was thinking that when an aspiring singer, do you know, starts out in this field, there's always some kind of tension, especially during these times that when many musicians cannot find any new gigs. And when I look at you, you have such a carefree attitude trying out your hand in new fields. I want to know what advice would you give to an aspiring musician who is facing, you know, kind of worrying about this whole situation? Well, the very least you can do is you can still be putting out videos and that's going to help in the long run to keep your presence there. And when things do come back around, at least you won't have lost your place in the musicians. And as soon as gigs are available, they'll remember your videos and they'll pick right back up and start hiring you. So don't ever stop putting stuff out because that's the one way to fail. So just stay active. True. I mean, right now, there's so much online content going on. And I myself got this podcast idea right now only. And I was especially curious to know that how this love of music got started. It started in high school. Basically, I heard Blink-182 and I fell in love with the music. And then also, I just wanted to pick up girls. So the best way to do that <laughs> is to pick up a guitar. <laughs> if we're being completely honest, that's how True. it started. And then it uh, just goes from there. And uh, I didn't start singer-songwriting until after high school. But, um, yeah, it's way easier that way. In a band, you have to worry about all the dynamics of all the people and tension and stuff. And then if you're just a singer-songwriter, you don't have to worry about anything except what you want to write about and what's for dinner. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what other instruments you play besides guitar? I play a little bit of piano, a little bit of drums, um, ukulele, which is basically the same thing as guitar, though. And then... Uh, what else was there? That's pretty much it. 
Oh, that's really great. Have you ever tried a banjo? I can kind of play the banjo. All the stringed instruments are pretty much the same. Like if I picked up a violin, I can kind of play that. If you gave me a week, I'd be able to play it. Yeah, I mean, banjo doesn't sound that sexy. I mean, it belongs more to (laughs) people with that big beard, you know? Yeah, it belongs more to those people with big beards sitting on the street corner going bang, 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 bang. And like, it's really great to hear. And secondly, do you know, I've heard that during the, in these kinds of fields, there's always role of some kind of parent. So was there any role of your parents in supporting you? Oh, no, everyone has that support. Uh, my parents were very musical. Actually, my dad did take me to all of my um, gigs when I was in high school. So that's support right there. He did buy me a guitar, <laughs> but they weren't very musical at all. Um, yeah, he took me around. I was playing in bars on 6th Street back in the day when I wasn't even old enough to be in them. I was like 14 playing <laughs> to a bunch of drunk adults. And uh, <laughs> so people take me all those places. So. Yeah, I mean, you just uh, reminded me of that Eminem story. He used to go to bars and play in front of people who were much older. And sometimes he used to get hit with a beer bottle. But I hope yeah. that won't be true in your case. My beer bottles. He probably got booed a couple times, but that's about it. Uh, oh, was it? How was, I mean, your start in this whole music? Was it that special, which we are seeing now? It was, uh, uh, we weren't that good. We thought we were good. We might have been relatively good, but we started as a pop punk band in Austin, Texas. And looking back on it, it was it was pretty bad, but we thought we were really good back then. Yeah, I mean that sometimes you just have to go through those difficult times because obviously the yeah. first episode, the first song, it won't be that great, but it's just about keeping the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah it's about not thinking you're great also because if you think you're the best already at any given time, then you just stop trying to get better. So it's about not being humble all the time and always thinking practice, practice, practice. You're not the best. There's always someone better. So that's that's what I love by. So True. I've gotten better since even a year ago, I feel like I'm way better than I was a year ago. And then a year from now, I'll look back on today and be like, oh, that was terrible. So, always yeah. I mean, our thoughts are quite parallel on that. And secondly, in one of your interviews, I actually saw you talk about songwriting a bit. And I really liked how you mentioned that you write based on personal experiences and never write a song simply because it sounds like it might be catchy or popular. You want people to know mm-hmm. that you are speaking from deep down inside of your heart. That way they can truly relate on your level. So after listening to your songs and the everlasting aesthetic rhymes you put in this, I had this in mind, even though it might sound like a subconscious thing, which one can't describe but feel. I was still curious to know that how are you able to articulate your personal experiences into actual words and how can an aspiring songwriter or singer do that that's actually hard sometimes i'll look back on my own writing and um not to boast or anything but i'll be like how did you sit there and think of that like i'll try to remember the moment when i thought of a lyric and it's kind of hard you kind of just get into a a a rhythm or a trance when you start writing and then things come out something else i'll do is i'll just say things like I felt this way yesterday. Like just ran, I'll just talk and say any given phrase I can think of in my brain. And eventually something comes out that sounds good. So I wouldn't say there's a science or anything behind it. Just let all the words come out 
it, a bunch of goofy ones are going to come out, but then eventually you'll hear something and you'll be like, oh, that was cool. And then you'll go from there and then you'll build onto that to the second one. And uh, that's how I write, actually. I don't sit down and write an entire song. I do this just right here. I'll grab a guitar and then I'll just build it as I'm thinking it. I won't even end up writing it down until it's like halfway done just so I don't forget what I've already said out loud. But uh, I pretty much just wing it and let it flow. Yeah, that's some great information right there. And secondly, I was actually thinking that what are your key music influences? Because I actually I heard you sing some of Frank Sinatra's song. I'm a big fan of Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I listen to Frank Sinatra several times a week. That's just, uh, he's a role model of mine, just the king of that era. But um, also Jason Mraz is what really got me into singer-songwriter stuff. And then aside from those two big influences, obviously Blink-182 is what influenced me to be a musician in general. But uh, I like The Weeknd and... Um, bunch of 50s, 60s, and 70s music, like Marvin Gaye and things. Obviously, Ed Sheeran, he's someone to look up to just because he's a great singer-songwriter. And then uh, I will always constantly listen to what's popular on the radio, like at least once a month, just to know where things are going. But um, aside from that, everyone I mentioned are who I generally listen to. Yeah, right. I mean, Frank Sinatra, he's truly a great singer. And they, that song just never gets out of head. That fly me to the moon. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. That's and, I, and I mean, that was truly terrible singing right here. <laughs> but, no, it was solid. It was solid. I see a career <laughs> blooming from that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been through your Spotify list and there's this one song which I've even seen fan covers on your story and you just sang it, Trace. I mean, the moment I think of that song, all the rhymes come in my head. Uh, and I, I was curious to know that how you, you know, discovered it out. I can remember the day I wrote it, actually. It was probably, if not the day after New Year's Eve, um, or the day after New Year's, it was one or two days after New Year's. And I just uh, was probably just influenced from having a good New Year's, got super drunk, hungover, <laughs> and then just next day sat down and started writing a sweet song and um trace a little outline of your face is just my parents used to when my dad would pump gas and it's a foggy day he'd draw a little smiley face on the window and then they'd make funny faces at each other and then just went from there and then when you're with someone you're super in love with it's like one second just turns into an hour and then you don't even realize it and the whole day's gone by and it's you just enjoy being with them and time just flies by. And uh, some people look at that as a, uh, you can look at it both ways as a sad song or a happy song. I've gotten both. I'm not even sure anymore what it is, <laughs> but to me, it's a happy song, but it can also be sad because time is just so valuable. You got to cherish it. And so I guess that's how it could be sad. You realize that it's flying by, but um, it's supposed to be a happy song. Yeah, I mean, I was reading this book by Freddie Mercury and he said that I do not like describing my songs. I just leave it to the fans out there to interpret yeah. in their own ways. Yeah. yeah, so I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's and, a good way to look at it. And I was thinking, was this song dedicated to some special person? It was made for someone I was dating at the time. And... Uh, yeah, not dating anymore. So that's another thing that oh. sucks when you're, uh, you write romantic songs. You you have a popular song, then you break up, but you still have to sing that song every day for the rest of your life. And you're like, oh my God, 
the song brings us so many painful memories, but uh, it's, it's part of the part of the business. Yeah, I mean, I truly like your dedication as well. I've seen your Instagram post. Sometimes you're posting at 4 a.m. You're singing your songs and trying out new tunes. Always that, a hustle. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. Maybe I'll post at 4 a.m. because uh, you never know when, um, to me, maybe there's other way more trained musicians, but I have to get that little spark of like, oh, crap, I'm just in the zone right now. I need to write about this. And maybe it comes at 4 a.m. Maybe it comes in the middle of the day, but it can disappear so quickly that, Whenever it happens, you just got to like start working on it. So that's why any time of day, I'll just start posting stuff because, yeah. Yeah, true. I was actually listening to this uh, great music producer. I just forgot the name. He had this really great quote that once he just didn't sleep for about, you know, two, three days in a row because he was so motivated and tunes were coming inside his mind. So he kept on going and he said that I don't want to break the rhythm. And it's really exactly. great to see such passionate people. And I was actually thinking that when you started this whole music thing, did you had any sort of formal vocal training or were you like Freddie Mercury? No warm-ups, just straight singing. <laughs> uh, there's There's been no training. And uh, that's why I'm always learning every, uh, every day. I'm learning something. Um, I've taken a couple vocal lessons like two years ago, which you're supposed to do them like every week for like mm-hmm. the rest of your life. But um. It at least taught me the concept of how to sing better or how to engage a diaphragm and stuff like that, but no vocal training. And um, you can definitely tell from older recordings to new ones how I'm just singing more powerfully and confidently. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty much just swinging it. The main training I get is singing in the car every day. And I'm not even joking. That's like the main part of practice that I get is just singing to the radio. Yeah, it's truly inspiring because many people just think that you need to have some sort of vocal training and not. And I personally believe that I was even reading this in a book that your voice just let it out in an authentic way. Just try it out your way. It's not, yeah. yeah. And I, I could be wrong, but I mean, I, I'm not going to generalize. But if you go, if everyone learns how to sing the same exact way, everyone's going to sound the same way. So you turn on the radio five songs come on and you're like, I don't know who's different from each person because they're all singing the way they were taught to sing. But if you just sing the way your voice naturally comes out, then your personality comes out. And so that's why I like, that's a good point. Is what yeah, I'm yeah like that. sure. That actually led me to a question right now. And do you know when aspiring singers, they just start singing, everyone wants to have a unique voice like you have. But when someone starts, they always have a conception of a voice, which I want to produce. And there's a greater chance that it would be like their musical influence. So how would you, yeah. you know, advise that? How can one be more authentic to their own voice? That's hard, but um, just the, however you talk, I don't know. That's how I think of it. If you talk, just add more force to it, you know? It's like, if I'm talking like this, then I'm talking like this. It's the same voice. It's just, but if I change and I just don't change, just talk with notes. <laughs> it sounds dumb, but yeah. It's I don't know. That's one of the hard questions. Just don't try to sound like someone. Yeah, and that's really great uh, piece of information right there because I was actually reading that when we do these vocal exercises and lessons, we are told to keep our jaw in some position, tongue in some position and all that. And I believe if we just sing the way we, you know, talk or the way we interact, we use our muscles and not constrict them, it would be much more authentic and would get better over time. 
one thing vocal training does do, it stops you from hurting yourself. But aside from that, yeah, it kind of teaches you to sound like everyone else. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not against it by any means, but uh, it does help to not injure yourself. So that's a good thing. Yeah, truly. I mean, that diaphragmatic breathing and all that focusing mm-hmm. the voice on soft palate, these are really great things. And obviously, there are always positives and negatives of one thing. It's all about choosing and how you yeah, utilize it. Yeah, finding that it. balance, right? Yeah. Do you know when it comes to composing our self-written song? I mean, I'm right now an aspiring singer. I'm in the learning process. And whenever I go to some family vacation or something, I'm always trying to think of lyrics. Always it's going inside my mind. And when it comes to composing them, like in my case, it's keyboard. I have heard many people talk about that you need to choose specific scales or musical modes when creating melodies and chords. And I personally find that really limiting. I want to know your mm-hmm. views on that, how you approach it. So I didn't actually learn music. So I, I didn't like learn music theory or anything. So yeah, I couldn't even tell you anything about that. I just basically play stuff until it sounds good and I'll just change the chords. I mean, I'm really good at music, but I don't follow any rules or anything i just sing and play as i'm writing and then if it sounds kind of off i'll just move it a little bit it's just uh it's like a puzzle to me you're just trying to the pieces are all here on this thing and all the words are already they exist you're just trying to find the right pattern and put them all into and then you make a complete puzzle so i don't i don't follow any rules or patterns so I really, to be honest, that's really comforting to hear because I've got people around me always talking about, you know, learn music theory or do this before composing your songs on keyboard. And I personally, I just kind of improvise it out. It sounds good. If it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a trial and error process in my case at this stage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's fun that way. I mean, music theory wouldn't hurt. Like I can definitely see the benefits of it and you can communicate to other musicians like if I needed to play with other people, it's good to know all that stuff. But it's, you don't need to know it to write music or anything. Not at all. So. Yeah. And secondly, the lyrics of your songs, they are, I mean, truly authentic. You know, I was actually myself, I had this experience that I got hold of an original uh, lyric. I was in this vacation recently in Thailand and I saw that a moon and a star were quite near to each other. And suddenly this line came in my mind. It's the starting verse of this song. It's like, when I'm at you, it's like the moon met the star is shining. When the road gets hard, you be there beside me. And I just kept, uh, you know, kind of improvising and came up with this whole new song. Uh, I want yeah. To, yeah, I want to actually ask you that, how can an aspiring person, do you know, can you share any story of how you came up with certain songs, how you got inspired by a certain surrounding or a certain place? They all have to do with girls, basically. <laughs> um, there's a lot of songs on about it, but all the ones people know, like I can picture places where I am, like crushing on you. I'm sitting in my bedroom after a first date with a girl and uh, we went down town, 6th Street. We kissed on a balcony at a bar, the Blind Pig Pub. And then... um actually different song not crushing on you but i'm thinking of a song still and i wrote uh i want it all it's true oh i want it all it's true was about uh new mexico it's just a good vibe like watching all the scenery as you drive by and i had a girl who was traveling with me 
she's she was from Portland, Oregon, two thousand miles away. So that's that's basically how it how it goes. So I'm counting days. Like the ocean counts on moons to make the waves. You're my gravity. My heart orbits. I already messed up. Around <laughs> oh, it's great. I mean, I'm enjoying it. 2,000 miles away. So, I don't know. I mean, that was inspired from the trip to New Mexico. And I can see myself in my room writing that one, like doing Google Maps. I'm like, how far is... Oregon from Texas and then I did it and it was like it's 2063 miles away and I'm like okay 2063 is very specific let's see how it fits and I just kind of moved around until 2000 sounded right and then um yeah I don't know I can it's just it's fun it's a fun game use your life and take pieces explore or fun things like google maps I use that to write a song so (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's really great to hear that all your songs or most of your songs are about girls. So is this about a single girls or different girls? Oh, these are all different ones. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple of them have a couple songs, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, not, not everyone gets the whole pie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I guess they should have a competition now, see who gets the most songs we <laughs> Uh, that's really amazing. No, to be honest, I'm really sure that all your fans and viewers are totally jealous that I'm able to hear, listen to you live, all your songs, and how you just pull up your guitar in between of conversations. It's really great. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I was actually looking forward to this because the kind of passion I feel on your side is really authentic and true. And I had this thing in mind that when I listen to your voice, it's so carefree and light. I mean, what goes inside your mind while you're singing a song or how you imagine a song? <laughs> I like to put myself in the situations where the songs happened while I'm performing to get that super intense um, performance or like the authenticity of like the, the smile when I sing or like the sad parts of a song. I'll literally like make myself sad or something like that, which gets super tiring on the old on the old heart there but um, that's one way i do it that's what goes through my mind i'll visualize stuff and put myself there but another thing which isn't going to sound too professional is a lot of times when i'm playing very long sets or something and i'm it looks like i'm super into it which i am but i'll possibly be thinking like i wonder like what's for dinner like what am i gonna what's open after this like i'll i'll have like food thoughts and stuff and just random things going on too so it's, it's a mix of just up in the air. So a lot of things are going on. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, how you visualize this? Do you question yourself? Whom am I singing the song to? Why? And all that? Yeah, yeah. That's, just, that's also how I record stuff. Like, uh, I'll just, it's exhausting. But if you want to sing a sad song, you can't be happy, in my opinion. So you got to be a little sad. And if you want to sing a happy song, you got to, maybe I'll like a, uh, watch some happy videos or like put on some comedy or something just to get like that laughter tone <laughs> in my voice just to actually be happy. And then I'll jump in and start singing the song and it's a happy song and just a happy me singing it. So it's a mix of a lot of techniques and a lot of mental things happening. Is it easy to, you know, get into that particular zone while recording or even before a live performance about when you're singing a certain type of song? Um, it can sometimes take a while to get into the zone in a live show, but other times it doesn't. It's just, it depends. If 
if there's a good crowd, it's super easy to get into it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's I've a, seen on your Instagram, the crowd gets involved many a times yeah. while you are singing. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. That really makes it, I love a good, loud, talkative crowd. I don't like a, a silent, even though it's good that they're silent, like watching you and trying to be polite. I like a crowd that's like shouting stuff out and laughing and like talking to one another about me. Like that makes me feel more comfortable. Like I'm just at home hanging out with some friends. So I, I like a active crowd. That's one thing I like. True. And another thing which I like about you is while singing during these live shows, you kind of manipulate your lyrics a little bit just to relate to that particular <laughs> situation and make people laugh. Yeah, yeah. It's fun that way. It's just showing that I'm not just a, a recording playing the same <laughs> thing every night. I'm here to for these people and I'm going to make it special to those people there and uh, have yeah. some fun. It's all about having fun and making people happy. Yeah, that's really great. And another thing is that when you write your own songs and you sing them over and over again, I guess there's a part that song just subconsciously is inside your head and then you can kind of shake things up. And it's a bit difficult, especially during initial stages to do that. But I believe it's just all about experience. Once you get the ball rolling, then you kind of manipulate all that. Mm -hmm. I've been kind of good at being able to just like freestyle goofy mm -hmm. things at any given time so it's it's a little easy even if i'm just barely writing a song and someone walks in wearing a funny hat i could change the words to fit their hat or whatever like it's it's pretty easy to me actually no matter if it's a new song or old song it's just something we used to do back in the day so yeah great um and another thing which i had in mind was that when it comes to music it's uh, really important to be all authentic and as when you started it out you must also had a goal in mind that if i could just achieve that that would be it for me is there any specific yeah. goal that you have well i'd like to have a million dollars that hasn't happened yet <laughs> but um i mean I sure like, it can <laughs> hopefully one hopefully soon with the new apartment hopefully i get a million in the next year <laughs> but uh no the goals are you don't realize what you should set your goals as until you start getting little accomplishments. But um, mm. I don't know, but like having half a million Spotify streams on that one song, that's, that's awesome. Like I didn't even have that as a goal like a year ago. I thought like I'd have like 5,000. So like I didn't even set a goal. And now I'm like, oh, now I want a million. And so they're ever growing. I mean, I used to want to do like one show a week. And then a year ago I was playing like, 200 shows a year or something so like i don't know set yourself big goals and go for them i'm not True. i don't have anything super super motivational to say just set some big goals and if you fail you fail if you don't yeah i mean your work itself your work ethic itself is truly inspiring and you need no words to describe it as well and it's really great that when you were talking about goals, that it's really important to set your visions high. I was listening to this person, Dan Pena. He says that you yourself don't know your potential unless you get out and try things. Instead of reading mm -hmm. a book about singing, just go and do it. Just sing in front of exactly. a crowd. Mm -hmm. It's way and, different. And uh, you, gotta, you, gotta, yeah. you have to fail. I mean, you want to not fail, but it shows you what you need to work on when you fail and it shows you what it shows you the next step. So don't be afraid to go out there and bomb. Cause then at least, you know, before that, you don't know, you can just think I'm, I'm probably really good. And then you bomb and you're like, well, I should probably change this. So go out there and fail. 
Yeah. It's super important. I mean, I was listening to you talk about that you have done over 200 shows and hundreds of shows. I mean, and I was curious to know that is there any particular show where you have a memory attached, even by the time you started, that it is so emotionally connected that when you think about it, you can reimagine the whole scene. And it was so inspiring and touching for you. Oh, there's several like that. It's hard to pick just one. I, I truly just remember the people in the crowd, like uh, significant others and stuff. Those are the memorable shows to me when I get to sing them, their songs in particular and watch them smile and stuff. But uh, also all the so far shows from the company so far and so far ATX, I can picture like almost the full length, every single one of those. And it's just great crowds and people laughing and giggling and true. Yeah. yeah. I way bigger I would... ones too, but. I, I like was actually thinking about uh, who's the most influential person you have sang in front of? Influential person I've sang in front of? What do you mean by that? I mean, uh, is there any person, like any singer whom you admire or any personality whom you admire, you know, who have listened that to I've you sing? I, that's a hard question. I've opened up for some cool people, though, such as like Fetty Wap and... Even Bozzy, I don't even know how to say that name, but I did get to play before Newfound Glory, which was my favorite band in high school growing up. And that was a great experience just to like, that's who I listened to as a kid. And now here I am. And then I get to listen to them when I'm done, their full concert for free. And I'm like, this is actually, that's one of the coolest moments in my life. Just oh, yeah. that's cool. I actually read in your Instagram post that you even met Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah, that was weird. That was a weird night in Atlanta. I was just going out for a drink at a tiny dive bar. And then I hear people saying, Charles, Charles, blah, blah, blah. And then I hear this large man pointing at Sports Center on the screen being like, oh, yeah, I met him, blah, blah, blah. Me and Shaq were so-and-so. And I'm like, what is happening? And I look over and it's a large dude. And then the waitress, I don't know if it's him yet. I mean, I, it's probably him because of the size. And then a waitress is walking towards me. And I'm like, I just mouthed her. I don't say anything, but she's far away. I'm like, is that Charles? And she's like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? So then eventually I get the courage and um, start engaging in a convo. And then fast forward two hours later, it's just me, him, and two other people just arguing about sports in this dive bar in Atlanta. <laughs> the bar's already closed, and we're just drunk. And we're like, yeah, we should probably go home now. And then it's just <laughs> random. And it's because of this guitar that I met Charles Barkley in. Had a drunk conversation with him. This guitarist take you places. It's cool. Yeah, sure. I mean, so did you get a chance to sing some of your songs to him? <laughs> I did not. I didn't try to put my uh, non-existent fame in, in the way of his. I tried <laughs> yeah. to just treat him like What kind person. of sports were you watching? Oh, we were watching basketball, but I switched the combo into football because that's I don't really watch basketball. And then uh, he was fine discussing football with me and so. stuff. <laughs> True. I mean, I'm glad that you didn't mention this in front of Charles Barkley. That I mean, I don't watch that much basketball. You know? <laughs> 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 he would have been like, "How dare you say that?" You know, he's got this vibe. <laughs> about your career, to be honest, but I know that you're you're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. And uh, another thing was that you know when you're performing all these shows do you ever feel kind of tired when you have to just perform the next day you know quite many days in a row how are you able to keep yourself energized um actually i, I love performing it gives me like a high so i never get too tired to perform but maybe i'll think i'm tired when i'm about to go to a 
two or three hour show. But as soon as I start, I end up playing an hour longer than I'm supposed to because it's just so addicting. The thing that does get tiring is uh, traveling a lot and just being alone mm. gets just emotionally exhausting. And you're, I'm out here singing love songs about sweet couples and stuff like that. And then I drive home at 3 a.m three hours by myself and it's just that's the exhausting part i mean uh, i guess that's that's where girls come in (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) true but uh, playing in other cities and driving back home the same day there's not much room to socialize or anything like that or make new friends without staying the night in other cities and yeah i I try to get home if i can i truly get it i mean the traveling part it's sometimes it's really exhausting and it's really great mm-hmm. to know that you are so passionate about performing. And when it comes to performing, I guess there's one single we all can agree on. One of the greatest performers, in my opinion, Freddie Mercury. And mm-hmm. I was actually, when I started you know, going into music and I started diving, first of all, I used to listen to all these recent songs. But now I've switched towards 80s and 70s, listening to Little Richard, Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. Beatles, and all that. I, mean, I don't know. It's something about their music. I'm not saying that the current music is not good. It's great. Your songs are awesome. But it's something about them that I just can't get it out of my mind and can't stop exploring. It's so great. It's authentic. Like you can feel the time period. You can feel their actual emotions. And I had a weird little existential moment like a year ago. I was just listening to Richie Valens sing We Belong Together. And I've heard the song like a thousand times. But then in that moment, I just like closed my eyes and listened. And it's just a, it's a normal dude, heartbroken, singing 70 years ago. And like all of that just hit me at one moment. I'm like, whoa, we're all the exact same. Like this is a heartbreak for him. I don't know. It's, I'm just saying what the song's about. But in that moment, I was like, this is so awesome and cool that we can hear the same things we've gone through <laughs> 70 years, 50 years ago. And it was just cool. But yeah, like through the years, you can hear the same things we go through and everyone's voices and everyone's songs and it's just amazing yeah sometimes you know i wish that i was born in 80s or 90s i mean that was the Mm -hmm. best age for music sports and everything literally yeah secondly i was also thinking about that best thing about music is it doesn't matter if you're visually impaired or deaf there are so great musicians out there singing their heart out like ray charles stevie wonder i even heard ray charles talking about what he does is he just feels the music and i was watching this interview with ray charles and joe crocker and he said Joe Crocker actually grew up listening to Ray Charles and imitating him actually before finding his own true style. And Ray Charles was, you know, he just admitted it that Joe Crocker is the person, when I listen to him, I've never heard so much soul in any other singer than Joe. And how Mm -hmm. can a singer, you know, put soul into songs, even though I think it's a kind of a subconscious thing, but how should one approach it? I would, that's hard. That's like the eternal question. But if you focus on the, on the words of the song rather than the audience out there, like just zone everything out and focus on you and the words that are coming out of your mouth and what they're about, then you'll sing about them. But if I'm worried about like, I wonder what, if this is going to make them impressed right now, or I wonder, are they listening to me? Then you're not obviously doing that emotion. So just, zone yourself out and just get into that song and just 
only do you do you and that song and focus on the words into that microphone and that's that's all i can think of is how to bring that soul but don't be thinking about other stuff yeah and, away from the soul. and that's a really good point you shared and i believe it's not only limited to the field of music it's everywhere even right now you know i just put the whole information which i was you know reading from regarding you i just put that away and i was like i'm enjoying this conversation so much yeah. let's stay present and you know let's talk as if we are like long time friends and yeah yeah and as you It's, shifted to a new no new apartment i was thinking is there any tunes that are coming into your head feeling the kind of vibe around you so i feel another a whole another uh, awakening not awakening but there's There's a lot of things going on in my head and when that's happening a lot of songs are going to happen soon. I'm just trying to get I need to get my my space set up to start recording them but uh any day now I'm about to start just sitting down and having one of those three day benders like uh you said that producer did where you just don't sleep for three hours for three days and just focus on music. Those are tough though. By day three, you're like a crazy person. You got to eventually <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> True. <clears throat> A lot of stuff has come up. A lot of things have changed in my life in just the past month and a half. And anytime change happens, that's the song waiting to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, we even ourselves can't wait that when you'll come out with some new song or new tune because mm -hmm. um, best thing about your voice is it just seems so effortless. Like is you know you're not producing any effort in it. And sometimes you know when we hear these kinds of people who are coming from a music school or something like that, they have this so much putting so much pressure and so conscious about their voice. And I truly wanted to take your opinion on: Do you think like is it necessary for a person to you know go to music school or something in order to even gain knowledge, or it's just about that experience you get by just doing it? I say it never hurts to go and get that education, and it's there's probably just. Some people work better doing it that way and some people work better not doing it that way, but uh, it's not necessary at all. Like most of the rock, the rock stars we think of didn't go to freaking Juilliard and stuff. So it's definitely not necessary, but um, doesn't hurt. That's all I have to say. I know a lot of friends that I know, a lot of good musicians all went to music school and I respect that fact. And then if we sit down together to jam, they're like, are you playing an F sharp, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I'm like, I don't know. Let me look at your fingers and see what you're playing. And so it helps if I were to know that as well, we could communicate musically way better. And yeah, it doesn't hurt. But it's yeah, not necessary. Truly. Doesn't that just sometimes get annoying when people are kind of going into the technical aspects, kind of becoming that music geek? Oh, I hate those conversations after shows. Sometimes people ask me like, about the chords and all the stuff and theory and progressions and I'm like I don't actually know like I'm here to play these songs because I I feel them I'm not here to discuss music theory and stuff not like I'm a jerk like if you're if you're curious to if you need help if you want to learn my song or something I, I'd love to like teach you like any given fan or something or help if I can but I don't enjoy discussing music theory and stuff like that. Because then it, to me, it gets too technical and there's not even, uh, like that takes away from the personal connection that I have to it, where it starts turning into a science or something. And I don't True. enjoy it. I mean, everyone has their own way into that, but I personally feel that it's really great and authentic. And when you just feel 
it out? Because in certain fields, obviously you require training, like a doctor or a yeah. surgeon, you wouldn't like to, you know, pick those things without any sort of training. And, yeah. But when it comes to music, art, I believe when it all started, those people, Little Richard, El- Elvis, these people, they didn't have, you know, such kind of training. They just went out and just fell stuff. And people loved yeah. it. Exactly. And then people turned it into a, a whole field and a business and everything. And then it's like, that's not even what it's about. It was just about people trying to get their point across and express themselves. And people will listen to a song more than they'll listen to someone just talking. So that's how it started. And now Truly. I mean, it's happening with all the fields. And you take right now, we have like people teaching how you can play Fortnite or PUBG, these kinds of video games. Yeah. And it's really great to talk to someone like you who kinds of does it the old school way, just feeling things, you know, not going into yeah. these. Fa- uh, fancy name institutes and I was wondering if any fan I suppose I as an aspiring musician I just want to take advice from you what one thing or several things which you advise a person who's just starting out in this field I would say practice as always I would say in our day and age so post to social media as much as you can um, because if no one sees you, you're going to sit in the same place for the rest of your life. Whether you're the best musician in the world or not, if you're not getting new eyes on you, then you're just always going to be in your room for the rest of your life, playing to nobody. And then um, accept criticism. Criticism isn't... A lot of people get offended when someone says something about their music. Um, like if I go out and have a terrible performance and hit a bunch of terrible notes and someone was like, well, you sing kind of bad today, I wouldn't be like screw you don't talk to me that way i'd be like oh shoot i did didn't i like a lot of people are so quick to just lash out at people when they try to help them and that's the opposite of what you need to do that's how you can be a terrible musician is to reject all criticism when you embrace it you you learn like no one just wants to some people are mean but your friends don't want to just be mean to you so if they have something to say about your songs or music listen to them hear them out and even strangers uh at least consider it. Maybe someone is being a jerk, but at least consider it and be like, was that bad? Okay, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Like, just be a, a humble person, practice True. social media, criticism, accept it. And that's pretty much all you do. Put yourself out there as much as you can. Take any gig you can, no matter what, because that training in front of people is better than any training you can do on your own. So that's what I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering, has it ever happened with you that yeah, your previous m- music, which was you know, not that great, but it is still somewhere on social media and some person watches it and comments to you right now that, hey, that was you know not that good. I mean, I can't feel it or anything. Has it ever happened with you? I've got a few comments like that. Even like, uh, definitely back in the day when I was in high school, people would just say you suck. And I'm like, Back then, I was kind of defensive. I'd probably say an insult right back to them. But uh, nowadays, I actually don't get very many negative comments at all. Every once in a while, someone will... You can tell they're just being mean, and they'll be like... I mean, yeah, truly. Do you know I have a great way to deal with those kinds of people? I just got reminded. Do you know when someone just talks about your stuff from four years, five years ago, just tell them, hey, dude, just get a time machine and talk to me back then. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I just show them that uh, it's those people from high school who are just 
would want to be mean to me about singing or something. And now I would just show them a paycheck or something <laughs> and be like, but I suck. Look at this. And then yeah, you got to be Shut up. You know what happened with, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, this really great Steve Harvey. He's he's a <laughs> television presenter. Do you know when yeah, he was yeah. in school, his teacher gave him an assignment that, what do you want to be when you grow up? He wrote down, I want to be on TV. And when he showed this to teacher, teacher read it aloud. People obviously laughed because, you know, high school students friends they are just cruel yeah. sometimes <laughs> and teacher yeah. teacher just called his father and said i mean i don't know what your son has written it doesn't make sense and his father just smiled took that paper from her and told his son that son just keep this with yourself in your in your room and every night before going to sleep read it and now see he's like millionaire and fun yeah. fact about this is he sends a television each year to that same teacher who told him <laughs> that it doesn't make sense <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah don't give up on your dreams when people when people make fun of them cuz they're just scared that they're jealous that their dreams are in school as your dreams basically <laughs> they're going to work the same boring job for the rest of their lives and they don't want you to have a good job so don't give up Yeah sure and now let's come to the business side of things how do you think that a new aspiring musician should kind of promote themselves using social media or how did you approach it when you started um definitely focusing on instagram a lot i used to use facebook but uh kind of veered away from that in an ideal world i'd be using everything equally but it's exhausting trying to do everything properly and it gets expensive too if you're doing marketing or anything like mm-hmm. that but um uh, just talk to anyone you can it's about getting the most people to see you so i mean even if you have friends over show them it might get annoying at times <laughs> but uh make friends tell them do anything you can be a good person because no one wants to hang out and listen to a a crappy person so but like i said just use every outlet you possibly can if you make money on a show put that money right back into advertising or something or merchandise or some way don't go out and spend it on on pizza and stuff which i've done myself but <laughs> just keep putting it back into it yeah i mean you just remind me of this great quote by a comedian be so good that they can't ignore you and yeah i, I was also thinking had this thing in mind that uh, when i personally started out into music in my initial stages people used to say that you know they used to offer a constructive constructive criticism and i was like you said always humble enough to open to all that stuff and they used to mm-hmm. tell me that main thing in your singing is that you do not keep a certain accent your accent just keeps on changing and i believe there are many aspiring singers you must have also listened to so what is the one thing which you notice that these aspiring singers can do much more correctly or are doing wrong say that again i'm i'm trying to understand the question yeah sure I mean when I personally started out people used to offer me criticism and say that when you sing it just seems like you are changing accents and I believe mm-hmm. there's something which happens with every singer so what is the thing which you think when people come new into this industry or into this field they can surely improve on or if they if you knew it 5 years from now or when you started it would have been much better as far as like vocal accent or something like that true um It's just about 
letting go and that talking thing we're talking about. Sing like you talk and sing like like you're just talking to a friend. But um, we all start with somewhat of an accent because we listen to someone and we want to be like them. So we, in turn, will start initially sounding like them. Like I sounded like <laughs> Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 when I started and that was horrible. <laughs> but I thought it was good. Until, until you go back and listen to yourself, you don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's right. I mean, in my case, it was like 80 singers and there was like Drake. There was all these rap artists. So, I mean, you can imagine how this combination would have been when I combined yeah, all these just, accents. <laughs> just turn on the radio and people sound like whoever's popular at that time. Like everyone else will sound like it. So True. Just, I mean, sometimes it's good if you just want to have that regular generic song, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, you can make money, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you want, sure. if you want to be a ventriloquist, you can also. That kind of trick also comes in handy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but, another another thing was when you look back upon all of this, what comes into your mind? Like, was this journey worth it? If there was <laughs> one thing you could have, you know, said to that person in high school, that high school mecca, that you can do this, you know, what would it be? I would say work harder <laughs> to be honest yeah. i haven't worked as hard as i worked the past two years if i worked as hard as i worked the past year and a half or two years for since i left high school um i'd be in such a different place but um it's hard but if you if you just turn yourself into a like a freaking machine and work non-stop like that's gonna get you somewhere i mean it's exhausting which is why not everyone is a superstar because it's hard to just do that. But if, if you can do that, you're going to get somewhere. So that's what I would tell myself as a kid. Just don't wait. Oh, don't waste like seven hours a day playing video games. Like even as an adult, I, you know, every once in a while you get on PlayStation and you like go over your game and it's like, <laughs> you've spent 89 hours playing this game. And I'm like, don't show me that. That's so, <laughs> it's so sad that I've wasted that much time on this game. But uh, yeah, if you're, passionate about something then then use every second of your time to do that but as far as yeah no that's my answer to that yeah, i mean that's really great and you do remind me of another you, know, you know i'm i've just looked up and read everything i can about freddie mercury and he tells this that when it comes to songwriting it's like everything. It's like a ritual for him. When he's sleeping in the middle of the night, he just gets a melody. He has a notepad and a pen on his bedside. Mm -hmm. uh, and if melody comes around, he also has a keyboard. He just starts playing in the middle of the night. And in his office mm -hmm. also, he has a secretary with a notepad you know, with him while he's working so that if he gets any ideas, he she could jot it down. Yeah, if you live breathe, and breathe music, then... It's going to help. So that's what separates the greats from the not so greats is just always being ready for it, always doing it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're, I was thinking that when your parents, you know, look at you now that you have accomplished so much and there's even more you can do in future. I mean, what is the reaction to all of this? Um, they just treat me like a regular person. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really talk about music much with them. So. <laughs> um, I wish that was a super awesome, sweet story that I could say from that one. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's mean, me like regular. <laughs> have you ever written a person, you know, dedicated to your mom, dad, or something inspired from them? Have I written anything inspired by my parents? Yeah. I wrote one song inspired by my mom, but just actually I've written two for her. 
Can so, we have a little yeah. bit? Oh, they're, they're sad songs. I don't want to sing them right now. <laughs> okay. they're, uh, my mom passed away when I was 18. So I wrote one about missing her. And then she had depression and a bunch of stuff her whole life. So I wrote a, a song when I was 18 to try to make her happy. And uh, yeah, that's the only other one I wrote. So Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, really great to see that how much love you have for your mom with those songs. Mm -hmm. And it's truly gets emotional because to be honest, sometimes in our case, and especially during these fields, it's sometimes a mom also doing the effort. And in your case, it's really glad to hear that your dad used to take you to open mics and all that. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. And, you know, how do it's you feel? Yeah. How do you feel about all the support which you got from your parents and people? If there's anything you would like to say to fans who are watching this, who support you? No, I just I super appreciate it. Uh, I wouldn't be here without the guitar that my dad bought me. And uh, to fans, I wouldn't. I mean, ultimately, the fans are more important than me. Like, I wouldn't exist if there weren't people listening to my music and I'd still write it, but you wouldn't be having this interview with me. And they're ultimately the power behind everyone behind Drake, me, Eminem, <laughs> Katy Perry, even the smallest artists or the biggest artists are only worth what their fans see on them. So yeah, I mean, yeah, behind, behind all this music thing which you do behind your image as a musician i see a really genuine and a kind person out there you know who is always so supportive not only and grateful not only towards his fans but also towards aspiring people who want to take advice i remember when i was when i discovered you on instagram i just hit a message thinking that you know like most others you won't even respond but you did and mm -hmm. look at that after a time ago, here we are on this podcast. Yeah, I remember. Um, so I get asked like at least once a month, some fan will either ask me to sing a song for their significant other or friend for like a birthday or uh, crap, I gotta do that. For a birthday <laughs> or um, like an uh, anniversary or something. So uh, I, I've done every single one since, but I was dating this girl right after probably three, five years ago or something. And I was pretty broke at the time. I didn't have much to do for her birthday, so I hit up her favorite band. It wasn't that big at the time. I mean, they were big, but I thought they would respond. And I was like, hey, would it be possible for you to do like a 10-second video for my girlfriend for her birthday? I thought it was going to work. And then it was red and like just never responded. And then like from that day forward, I was like, that sucks. Like I never want to be like that. Like if someone asks me for like something so simple that takes... 10 to 20 seconds and I can make someone's day, I'm going to try it every single time. So that's why like, I respond to every single message I can. Maybe one day I won't be able to, but for now I can. And I, I'll try to do every video I can and every respond to every message. And it's just, cause I wouldn't want to be, it was, it was hurtful when I was in court. So True. I was trying to be there. I mean, it's, sometimes it happens that we see people acting in a certain way and instead of learning from them, we most probably learn what not to do. And it is yeah. clearly visible in your case. And it's really inspiring to hear such great words. And you know, best thing is that how you are able to feel emotion so well. And there was this thing in, in one corner of my mind that 
when it comes to songwriting, have you ever wrote a song about re- recent events like this recent thing which is happening? Um, I I throw around some ideas, but I haven't released anything. It's, it's hard, though. I mean, I don't know what my, my place is to share stuff. I haven't even been posting anything lately because I just feel like I need to take a step back and let other people's voices be heard right now. So uh, It doesn't matter that uh, you wrote according to a recent event or not. And that's what makes your song so different because it's just about you, your personal experiences, a story which you have to communicate with your you know, fans. And it's truly fascinating as well. So I would just love to know, is there something before ending this podcast, is there something you would like to share with your fans, any new song you're working on or any other talent you're discovering besides art and those stunts? <laughs> um, just thank you for listening. Um, I have a few songs that I'm working on, uh, like a whole handful actually. So just thank you for all the support. And um, basically that's it. Nothing, nothing too juicy to share right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah. True. No, no problem. We'll make sure that you'll, you know, always uh, come up with something new and we'll always look forward to a much beautiful future, even though these are strange times. So yes. before, you know, leaving, would you like to share any lyric or any tune with your fans who would be watching this? Um, let's do a little quick little, this was the newest one that I released, but I'll just do the chorus. <laughs> But thanks again for having me. Hopefully I'll be back on sometime soon. Maybe I'll win a Grammy if you have me back on. Sure. I mean, you would be on my talk show then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll both be famous. <laughs> I want give you all, give you all that your heart could need. I don't want nothing back because loving makes me happy. When you're far away and our lips can't kiss You'll be the only one that I'll ever miss Since you walked in, I knew My favorite thing would be loving you Since you walked in, I knew My favorite thing would be loving you That's that. right. Thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate Perfect. it. Perfect. Yeah, out of excitement, I just popped out my pop filter. <laughs> <laughs> it's tr- truly amazing. To be honest, I was looking forward to this conversation since we started. I even contacted you. You are actually the second guest. I contacted you the first time, initial time. And I remember you said yes. And then we both were involved in so many things. And now... <laughs> yeah, it was... It was a struggle trying to sync up our times together, but I had to make it work. After I missed last week, I was like, giving you a time and a day, and I'm, gonna, I'm here for it. So, yeah, yeah thanks for having me I, I could get that feeling from your message that it was right yeah. there in stone. And it's really, <laughs> really great to see that how people are supporting your music and especially your story, that how supportive your parents were. Because in these fields, sometimes it's hard to get that support. And it's really... Yeah motivating for someone like me to hear all of this and i also you actually reminded me of this line before concluding i just want to say that you remind me of this line from brian grazer he's one of the Mm -hmm. top producers of hollywood he says i'm not in the show business i'm in the feelings business it goes deep yeah it's definitely that's a good line 
I wish nothing but even future success for you. Just be who you are. You're totally amazing. It's great to talk to you. Thank you for being our guest. Thanks, man. Same to you. Good luck with everything. Good luck with